Sneakers, we have Tasha from Size. Welcome. Hi. For those that don't know you, can you just give us a little introduction on who you are? Yep, sure. So I'm Tasha Firth. I work at Size and I'm on their graduate scheme. Amazing. So for obviously, for those that don't know, your career at Size has started as the, on the graduate scheme. Can you just tell us a little bit about that and how you got to be there? Yeah, sure. So it's a pretty linear story about how I got to be there, really. So I was working at the Size Manchester store whilst I was at university to make some money on the side. They came up with, oh, you know, we've got this graduate scheme coming up in the head office where you learn about all aspects of multi-channel. Yeah. Um, and they train you on each department. And then after you finish the two years, you then pick your main role, you know, whatever specialist area you'd like to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what I actually wanted to do yet um I was doing fashion promotion at uni but I literally just picked that at the drop of a hat um so when I got this job basically I was super pleased that I got to do training in each department yeah amazing um and you mentioned that you kind of like picked your degree like randomly so like obviously a lot of people will have this experience when they're from like smaller cities and smaller towns like you pitch your degree at random. Can you tell us a bit about your degree and what it is and what it entails? Yeah, so I did what was called International Fashion Promotion at Manchester Metropolitan University. But it used, it's now called Fashion Promotion. Um, and to be honest, like I said, I did randomly pick it. Majority of the fashion courses I found were fashion business related. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to do a bit of fashion business, but I definitely wanted it to be on the more content creative side. Yeah. Um, and this one entailed both. Um, it was a really free degree, actually. It was, it, was, it was more of an arts degree. They gave you really loose briefs and you could go into it however you wanted to, whether you were a photographer or an artist or a stylist. Cho- choose a brand and make a collection of whatever you'd like to improve the brand. So, for example, sustainability or representation. It was just an open degree, really. Amazing. Um, and you also featured at Graduate Fashion Week as part of your degree. Can you tell us a bit more about Graduate Fashion Week? What were the steps involved? What you created? Because obviously, as you said, like your degree was quite open. So to be able to do things like Graduate Fashion Week are like super important, especially when you're getting exposure to different brands and things. So can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so it was it was so exciting, actually. I look back at it now and it was so long ago, but it was um, Graduate Fashion Week 2019. Um, basically, my course leaders chose a selection of our work just to showcase there you know to show what each different university is up to I remember I got the text at like six in the morning like oh your work's going to be shown and I ran upstairs and told my mom I was like mom my work's going to be shown at graduate fashion week and she was like what's graduate fashion week like (laughs) typical (laughs) mom like not, not in the loop at all um so I went to London I created a zine, it was called Tomboy, and it was focused on black and POC women, mm-hmm. and it was all focused around female authorship in the way we're photographed and styled, and the tagline was like, oh, and the authentic woman for an authentic audience, and it, it was really fun to make, and I got to meet loads of women. Amazing. That's so cool. That takes me on really nicely to my next question. Like, 
obviously your whole project was about giving women a voice and particularly people of color, women of color. Like, why do you think it's important to give women within the industry a voice? I know you have a podcast with Jazare Allen Lord coming yeah. out soon yeah. and she puts it perfectly. She said, we're either seen as mothers or we're seen as athletes. And yeah. that's totally true. There's this missing intrinsic link between women and how they're advertising sneakers to us. Yeah. Like, I saw today that on StockX, they still sell more men's trainers, but the women's growth has been like 1,500 since 2016. Yeah. We're there. We want to buy them, yeah. but there's just nothing for us. It's like they put us into boxes and mm -hmm. try and sell us these items. But like, what about men's sneakers, men's size sneakers? Yeah. They're not being put into boxes. They're just whatever you want them to be. And yeah. I think we need the same. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I saw that um, that stat today from StockX as well. And I mean, for me, it's like, okay, they're finally realising the buying power of a female audience and a female sneakerhead. And I also totally agree. Like, yeah, like Jazare, like when, when, yeah, you'll listen to the podcast when it comes out. But I mean, like her point on that is so true. Like as women, we're so boxed in as to like who we are, like what we like, what we can do. And there's no kind of like fluidity there. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Like giving women a voice is super important so that we can have that freeness that I guess the, the male audience gets more than we do. Correct. Yeah. We're not all mothers. We're not all athletes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know, as we were saying earlier about working out. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, what do you think brands could do better when it comes to communicating to a female audience? Basically, what I think they need to do is they need to put women at the table. This is what they need to do. I highly doubt that it's all women coming up with like, you know, the pinkified versions of these trainers. You know, that's not what we're saying we want. That is just like a perception of what men, people think that we want. Yes. Um, so if we had the women at the table in the first place, you know, I'm talking from uh, designing the shoe yeah. to creating the shoe to marketing the shoe if we were in that process I doubt it would be as disjointed as it currently is yeah absolutely like I couldn't agree with you more like I think I like I have a very similar mindset to that like I put us in positions where we can make decisions and be involved and innovate and create and design and you'll see that we could we can create sneakers for anybody and everybody and it doesn't have to be like okay shrink it and pink it and there is that market like don't get it wrong don't get me wrong like there is a market for those people that want the pink and they want the glitter and that's absolutely mm -hmm. fine but I would say it's probably quite a niche like a niche amount now it's probably those ones that are being boxed into being mothers and athletes and things like that and I think they are absolutely missing a trick by having people that aren't outside of the box 100 mm -hmm. um so Specifically to size, um, size women, should I say, like the Instagram handle, like how would you like to see that grow over the next year? I know that you've worked like on that um, kind of throughout your career at size so far. So it'd be great to know from you, like what you want to see and how you want to see it grow. Um, what I really like it to be is more of a platform for like up and coming talent. Like if there's a chance to shine spotlight on models, artists, musicians, anyone like that, we, we've already been doing that alongside it, but I'm just saying like even more pushing that further. 
and to work with more people like you know yourself and women in sneakers mm. I'd really like it to become more of a, a, a platform for community where mm. we can send like things in we can share people's work as opposed to just like a pretty Instagram feed yeah absolutely and I think especially like over the past couple of years like social media and sneakers obviously go hand in hand there's definitely like a particular like aesthetic that comes from that so actually to kind of like mix it up would be super refreshing so I hope that that actually happens and I hope that you guys get to work with more cool people because for me yeah size is definitely a community and it's very community driven and I think having that women's or female focused platform would actually be really nice to to kind of like mix it up and have a bit more, I guess, diversify the content, I guess. Um, Correct, exactly that, yeah. What has been a highlight of your career at Size so far? Do you know what? I thought long and hard about this. And I think what it really is, is I've actually made friends from, yeah. from this experience, like not just, you know, work friends, we all have work friends, but like actual probably lifelong friends from working there. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing is probably all the work we do on Graduate Fashion Week, because obviously I knew how exciting it was for my work to get shown there when I was a student. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm behind the scenes, it seems crazy to me. Well, it's, it's normal to me now, but if you told me this, you know, two years ago, I'd been like, you're joking. Yeah. Um, you know all the stuff we do with like size syllabus which offers like live briefs to universities it's really exciting to see what students now are creating mm. and just just keeping it fresh really and seeing what what's in trend now as opposed to when we were at uni you know it keeps coming up yeah absolutely I love that and like yeah I totally agree when you when you are on the other side and you see how like happy and excited people are just to even be given the opportunity to do something and and work with a brand like size it's there's not that's like a big it's like a big moment of like your career and it's one of the most enjoyable things I feel like for me anyway I love that that feeling of like knowing that you've made someone else happy or given them an opportunity that they potentially wouldn't have otherwise um uh who would you like to see on women in sneakers so this one might be an obvious choice but vanita carter because i was reading her vogue interview recently and how what really stuck with me about how she said she almost cried when yeezy approached her and she felt creatively seen yeah. And I think that is really, really like relatable for women in sneakers, women in streetwear. Like the, the fact that they saw her creativity, two, acknowledged it, and three, they're paying her for it. Yeah. It, you know, they're in not only investing in her, they're investing in her ideas. And yeah. I think a lot of us can relate to that. That would be the dream, basically. Amazing. Well, I'll definitely reach out. Let's see if we can make this happen. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, that's, there's such a nice sentiment, actually, because totally to feel seen is is what is like the most important part of the industry and it's also why I like started women in sneakers is because I wanted people behind the scenes that you wouldn't necessarily hear about or know about to have a voice and to have a platform so I really like that sentiment I'm definitely going to reach out let's see if it happens fingers crossed fingers crossed <laughs> that'd be exciting <laughs> um and then finally can you show us a sneaker from your collection your favorite at the moment Yes, so this is an all-time favourite. Maybe not my favourite at the moment, but it is. <laughs> oh, yes. Air Max 95, all black, simple, yeah. good shoe. Um, did you want a reason why I liked it? 
you can give me a reason if you want to. <laughs> well, this is, well, see, the thing is, the silhouette itself doesn't even, like, shout out to me, like, you know, I've got other favourites, like Nike Riffs and stuff like that, who I feel are more me, but this shoe just shouldn't have worked. Yeah. Like, first exposed air bubble unit, all yeah. the different materials, Nike themselves didn't even want to push it out there, yeah. and look, we're still here today, we're still wearing them. I love it, the underdog. <laughs> The underdog. The underdog. <laughs> and I'm a 95 baby, so. Yes. See, this is it. So I love my Air Max 95s. Like, I've got a pair at the moment that I just live in at the moment. And they're such a comfortable silhouette. Mm -hmm. And you're totally right. They are. There's, and again, I feel like a lot, obviously, a lot of brands have their underdogs. But I feel like they are making a bit more of a resurgence. Yeah. Now. And I think, obviously, obviously everybody loves Jordan at the moment. That's fine. And high tops are in. But I think, yeah, the Air Max 95 and obviously, like, the Hirachi and stuff as, as well will yeah. also be making a resurgence. But I love an Air Max 95. It used to be called, it used to be, like, quite a chavy shoe when I was younger. But actually, like, I don't really care about that. I'm just, like, it looks sick on my feet. So it's all good. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. And I'm excited no for everybody to see this. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much, Steph. Thanks for the opportunity. No worries at all. I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.